the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KDOW presents... New Focus on Wealth with Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton, drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. December 5, 2022. Years rolling on. Real quick bit of business, I want to issue a sincere apology for the statements that I made last week. I briefly discussed my personal recollection of an experience with some of the sales force of Ken Fisher many, many, many years ago. Some of the words and phrases I used to make certain points were clearly excessive and uncalled for. And I shouldn't have made them, and I won't in the future. I realize these kind of statements have no place in financial media. I sincerely apologize to Ken Fisher, the staff at Fisher Investments, and my audience. Next thing in business, year to date, the stock market is down 26%. The S&P 500 down 14%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 5%. 10-year treasury, this has been an interesting year for the 10-year treasury. You're not going to say that like more than probably twice in your investment career. Maybe, but I I doubt it. Um, Starting the year very, very low. The cost of money was very, very low for corporations, for credit cards, for consumers. Uh, for the bond market, and it's been a weird year for the bond market. You're not going to say that, hopefully, many times in your lifetime, your investment lifetime. Like in lifetime, age zero to 180, I know you're saying, where are you going with this? I saw a turtle turned 190 years old this weekend, born into 1832, world's oldest living and land animal. I always say this always kills me to say this word Seychelles. The Seychelles giant tortoise tortoise is thought to have been born in 1832. I don't even know how they would find that. What does this tortoise do? It still mates. Can you imagine yourself at 190 years old? That's one of the parts of the show. We want to get you to retirement from your investment lifetime, which is 20, I think to 60, your lifetime is zero to 75, 85, early nineties. Some of us get to a hundred, but not very many, but you want your money from age 20 to 60 to last from age 60 to say a hundred. We're not going to count on 190. Could you imagine not working for 130 years? Just hanging on the beach like the turtle. The Nasdaq down 26% for the year. The SP 500 down 14. The Dow down 5. The 10 year treasury, like I said, this isn't going to happen too many times in your lifetime, sits at 3. almost 5%. It becomes 
in the short term, a little more dysfunctional around 4, 4.2%, which we've been at this year. But it seems to help the market kind of with the expectation the Fed may be close to done to raising interest rates, except for that job number on Friday was was pretty good. Um, and again, causing the Fed a little bit of consternation. They, I'm not going to say they. The ideal would be that inflation takes care of itself with lower interest rates, but the reality is it's probably going to take some, what Joseph Schumpeter once said, an economist, creative destruction. Capitalism is creative destruction. We're going to have to lose some jobs to get people to say, you know what, I need a second job to make ends meet, which helps fills the job openings out there, which helps... um, replenish emergency funds. There's, there's a lot of positives and there's kind of a lot of negatives. I know you're saying, well, a second job's a good thing. Economically, stock market speaking, it kind of is. But again, that's on the edge, very debatable. Let's talk a little bit about Russian oil. This is one of the stories this week that we have to look not forward to. We're going to process it. While the war in Ukraine grinds on, and it's grinding, Western countries have been debating how to curb Russia's oil revenue. They think that they've landed in an innovative solution starting today. The G7, which is a group of major democracies, and Australia. (laughs) Isn't that stink to be Australia there? It's the G7 plus Australia. They're going to apply a price cap of $60 a barrel on Russian oil. Now, what does this accomplish? Well, first and foremost, it doesn't cut Russia completely off from the rest of the world. India, China, and Turkey, they're like, you know, the West, we don't really care for your sanctions on Europe. We're going to get the oil that we need, and we'll get it at a lower price. Thank you. Russia's forced to sell its oil for cheaper than it wants to. It could dent Vladimir Putin's ability to fund the war in Ukraine. Sales of oil and gas are estimated to account for about 42% of Russia's revenue. But the price cap on oil is kind of in, in, in creative. Is Where is the mechanism of enforcement? Which, again, with OPEC, and let's see, this is a sidestep here. OPEC has historically been able to say, we're going to raise oil output by 1 million barrels, and then like, Cater or Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia. Someone would cheat and say, well, we're going to do it by a million, two barrels. Um, same thing on the, on the, are you going to be good with this? Western countries dominate the maritime industry that Russia r- relies on to ship its oil. So the G7 is telling Western companies that they can't insure, finance, or ship Russian oil that's more than $60 a barrel. That's the enforcement mechanism. That's pretty interesting. Um, one area where I am happy not to do a radio show, there will be no broad black and your money radio show on the oil shipping industry. Um, although shipping is pretty fascinating because you can tell a lot from it. It's a lot like a Dow Jones transport where planes, trains and automobiles, they haul everything around the world. And when their stocks tank, it's kind of like, oh, what's coming down the road? Same thing with the shipping industry. The cost per freighter is a big to tell the truth moment. So Russia has said, and of course, there's never 
a linear plan on Wall Street on the economy. There's just compromises. There's not we're going to do this and that's going to all be a okay. Like we're going to raise interest rates and the economy is going to be a okay. Now there's going to be a, a bump or two along the road. So Russia said it would not accept the price cap and pledged to cut off exports to countries that comply with it. A threat that would cause energy prices to shoot higher, which could destabilize the stock market in the short term, right? Russia has been assembling a shadow fleet of more than 100 ships to help it move oil without relying on Western maritime companies. Price may not be exactly right is one of the issues. One of the sticking points to the negotiations was figuring out the sweet spot for the price cap. Ukraine, for one, believes it's far too high at 60. That's effectively, you know, slowly draining Putin's war chest. It's a big picture. Um, this is one of the things we're going to have to deal with this week. There's a lot that we're going to have to deal with this week. We're coming towards the end of the year, December 5th, right? We have a Santa Claus rally going on. Stocks are on a bit of a run. They've had two back-to-back winning weeks. Weeks, October and November, were both solid months. Earl Powell suggested he's ready to reduce the size of rate hikes. But Friday's job reports showed that the stubbornly hot labor market not cooperating quite just. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Come on, let's give them hell. No, why not love? You say it be too hard. It's not enough in this house of cards. This is Rob Black. If you have questions about retirement and investing, I want to help you get the answers. On my new website, robblack.com, you'll find a lot of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, even saving for your kid's college. Check out robblack.com. That's robblack.com. While you're there, also check out the company that I work with, EP Wealth, and learn about their different approach to financial planning. Stay in touch. Find links to my podcast, sign up for newsletters, and find my social media channels, as well as sign up for in-person events or webinars. I want you to feel great about your financial future. Visit me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And by the way, you can also use the site to reach out to me if you need help. I love listening to email and finding solutions. It's my new home on the web, robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. You know, one of the things I like about the end of the year certainly more time with my family and that's a weird thing to say because when i was a younger man that wasn't necessarily my thought it was more like a vacation or something right um but on wall street at the end of the year you get the figureheads you get the talking heads you get the economist you get the strategist come out and say kind of like what did we get right what did we get wrong very rarely are they going to focus on what they did wrong um if any of us saw this year coming i would be surprised do you remember this time last year? Not this time last year, but maybe 14, 15 months ago. So about this time last year, we were talking about inflation as being transitory. The Federal Reserve was transitory. And then we get into the year and it's like, nope, this is sticky. Transitory meaning gas prices rise. We cut our demand because it's too expensive. It's $7 barrel. Back down to four we go and it stays there. It didn't happen like that. Top strategist Ed Yardini explains the biggest risk that could send the U.S. economy into a recession. He talked about three stock sectors he's most bullish for on 2023. 
Ed Yardini, if you were to go to my bubblegum collection of baseball cards of top players on Wall Street, he's one of them. He's someone that is in my Google alerts that the moment a story breaks on him in business, I, I, I try to catch it. Um, I'm not saying he is as important as Warren Buffett. I'm not saying that he's my cleanup hitter or nothing like that. A lot of what you need to do as an investor is is try to get not the garbage in, garbage out thing, but quality in. You need to consume as much info that is more right than wrong as you can. So veteran market strategist, veteran, he's been around a long time. He's an economist, Edyard Denny. He believes the United States economy will avoid a recession next year. Now, again, there's probably three cases for 2023 for most of Wall Street right now. Um, sometime in the second half, maybe the middle of 2023, we're going to see no recession. Recession avoided, like a meteor, right? We're going to see a, a light recession, which is an inch deep, hopefully a mile wide. So it, it hits enough things that we feel there was a washout. Or we can see a heavy recession, which would be a mile deep and a mile wide. Uh, that's the best analogy I can give for you. I think many on Wall Street think so far we've priced in a mild recession. Ed Yardini is saying we may be able to avoid a recession. He publishes research notes on quick takes. He's the president of Yardini Research. He's forecasting a 40% chance of a hard landing and a 60% chance of a soft landing. Now, there's always a funny line from like um, movies, right? And one of them would be, I'm a gambling man by nature. I'm not a gambling man by nature. I like looking at the long-term history of Wall Street. There's a map that most... Wall Street businesses own somewhere in their office that shows the Dow Jones Industrial Average from the 1920s to current day. And it shows that it starts in the lower left and goes up to the lower right. And you forget World War I and you don't see World War II. And you don't see Korea and you don't see nuclear bombs and you don't see presidential assassinations. You don't see high oil. You don't see low oil. You don't see all the events that we've gone through, whether it's bird flu, swine flu, COVID, Ebola, a lot of the things that have been dramatic disappear on a long-term view of the market. And you see that the market works through those issues. So Edgar Denny is typically considered more bullish than less. His bullish views come even as bond yields curves have inverted which is typically a sign of a recession, a Paul Revere uh-oh, we can just see by two bond indices and their charts, like, uh-oh, there's a pattern that's crossing. This is not good. Um, so that inversion typically says recession's on the way. But Yardini said the curve may not be as reliable of a recession indicator compared to previous years. So he's saying, okay, even though... We used to say that was true. This year, we may not. That's probably one area where I'm starting to get a little nervous. This time around, the credit system is in much better shape. He thinks the economy is much more resilient to a tighter monetary policy. Adding that strong consumer spending will stave off a downturn. He thinks it's impossible. The Fed is already close to the so-called terminal rate. He thinks it's possible. 
the Fed is already close to its so-called terminal rate and will keep it there for an extended stretch of time, even though the Fed's saying that's not the case. That's another one that makes me go, okay, he's kind of reading their minds. He's kind of implying, he's assuming, but he's also an economist and he's also been around the block. He's a veteran, right? Quote, I think it's either rates are going to go higher, causing a recession, which would bring interest rates down next year, or else it's going to be a scenario where rates are going to just go sideways for a while, and that'll relieve a lot of inflationary pressures and move through with a soft landing. Okay. I like that he can build his case. Now, I even like it even further that he's going to say, here's some risks to look at. Inflation remains the largest risk for the economy. Okay. Higher cost. I'm seeing more and more Americans are taking second jobs because of inflation. Trying to make ends meet. Gary Denny said goods inflation is turning out to be transitory, but the services side may not see a slowdown until the second half of 2023 when year-over-year growth in rents will peak. We are more of a service-led economy than a manufacturing economy, but we consume a lot of manufactured goods. Still, in his opinion, as long as there's enough progress in other areas of consumer inflation, he thinks it'll be tolerable, adding that durable goods inflation should come down as it did prior to the pandemic. Okay, okay. So do you see why I like this guy? He's pretty well thought out, and he he kind of tags some things along the way. His name's Ed Yardini. And if you want it to play at home and tag him yourself, which... Some people ask me like, hey, what's a good, what's some good research? Hey, just Google Yardini research. Google Ed Yardini. And let me spell the name. It's yard like your backyard. Y-A-R-D-E-N-I. Um, and of course, don't, he's not your guru. He's not your Buddha. He doesn't work for you. So just because he says it doesn't make it true. Okay. Um, geopolitics represents the second largest risk of the economy. So inflation and inflation sticking around. He says, If it sticks around, the higher the chance the Fed decides the only way to stem it is to push the economy into a recession. But geopolitics is his second boogeyman behind inflation. Pointing to the Russia-Ukraine war, U.S.-China tensions, and Beijing's zero-COVID policies, as well as Iran. Um, That's an interesting one that we don't talk a lot about, but we've seen protests in 2022 tied towards what appears to be the death of a woman in custody in Iran. I don't know enough politics to really talk about it. And I'm not privy to any information that you're not seeing on CNN. But his quote that Ed Yardini said, and I I go hallelujah when I see this, he goes, the world just isn't a safe place these days. So he sees Russia, Ukraine, U.S.-China tensions, Beijing, zero COVID policies, and Iran. So I've admitted I don't know much about Iran and how that can get out of hand, but they're sitting on top of a lot of oil. Beijing, zero COVID policies, very interesting on President Xi out of China. Not really wanting the West's help with vaccines, which is unfortunate, it feels like. And again, do I know the political hot button well enough to know why he's not taking our our vaccines? Um, it just appears our vaccines are more effective. Remember when they were like the Pfizer vaccine is 94% effective against uh, COVID. 
they're using what are in the 60s, 65% levels from what I last saw. And again, research that's, I don't know if we can count on the CDC to give us accurate research, but uh, it's out there, okay? So if inflation's actually going up because of another round of geopolitical stress, he says, and supply chains and so on, the Fed clearly would have to raise interest rates further. His top sectors for 2023, he thinks the S&P 500 could climb to around 4,800. He's bullish on energy, financials, and technology. Those are all pretty much so growthy kind of areas. Um, with financials being the most value right now out of the three, energy stocks can rise even as climate activism limits the supply side because the demand side remains stronger than ever. His quote was, the transition from fossil fuels to renewable sources is obviously turning out to be much, much tougher on the climate activists who are way too optimistic about how easy it would be. So energy is definitely number one. <laughs> did he just take a shot at uh, climate activists? He kind of did. He says financials are in great shape. He said thanks to strong balance sheets and loans at all-time highs. The financial crisis that we went through in the 2008 housing recession where we had really problematic loans grouped together with good loans and it kind of didn't go the way the bankers wanted it to. Bad loans tainted good loans. So he says, these loans today with the financials aren't those loans. He said, quote, technology's gotten better. Oh, that's his final sector that he likes, um, that he's highlighting. He said the fundamentals of profit on the enterprise side look good and the productivity enhancements uh, looks quite good. And as we know, semiconductors are just about everything in everything these days. I like Ed Yeri Diddy. He doesn't waste my time with his articles in any way, shape or form. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. This is Rob Black. If you have questions about retirement and investing, I want to help you get the answers. On my new website, robblack.com, you'll find a lot of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, even saving for your kid's college. Check out robblack.com. That's robblack.com. While you're there, also check out the company that I work with, EP Wealth, and learn about their different approach to financial planning. Stay in touch, find links to my podcast, sign up for newsletters, and find my social media channels, as well as sign up for in-person events or webinars. I want you to feel great about your financial future. Visit me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And by the way, you can also use the site to reach out to me if you need help. I love listening to email and finding solutions. It's my new home on the web, robblack.com. That's robblack.com. This is New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. Here is a great example of how inflation is working this year into our economy, whether we like it and or not. Yes, you've seen the price of steak and the price of chicken and the price of pork. I know you have at the grocery store as well as at restaurants. Um, I consider a high-end restaurant, you know, maybe when you're in Hawaii and it's, you know, you're like, let's go to Spago. I consider a high-end steak somewhere between 70 and a hundred dollars. Like that's, that's ridiculous. 
I consider a really high quality steak somewhere in that $40 to $50 range. And that, that's the one that's moved up to like the $55, $60 on menus. I consider like, a, I don't know, a Ruby Tuesdays or an Applebee's steak like $20. I don't know what's going on with that because I'm a bit of a food snob as you get older. Yeah. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny because back in my 20s, those were more than ideal and quite delicious. So many, many, many dates on low, low quality meat. Be nice, Rob. You're trying to be 32% nicer. Um, okay, so one of the areas that we're really seeing, we're seeing food labor, uh, food inflation, but we're also seeing labor inflation. Now, here's a really interesting one to me. Happened over the weekend. Delta Airlines said that they've offered their pilots a 34% raise over the next three years. Can you imagine if you came home today and, you, you know, five o'clock rings the bell and you come home and your spouse is like, how was your day? And you're like, I got a 34% raise for the next three years. She'd be like, you're my hero. I know you're saying, what world do you live in? Yes, it's kind of like a 1950s black and white film. Yes. Um, but Delta's offering a pilot's 34% pay rate, Kai. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's going to mean higher ticket prices for me and you. Probably, and I think that's great. If there's one area where you want your labor happy, it's probably the guy who's driving the bus in the in 36,000 feet in the air. So, and yes, I do refer to planes as buses that can fly. Delta has reached an agreement in principle with its pilots, which still has to be approved by the union leaders and then voted by on the pilots. The proposed contract includes an 18% raise when the deal is signed, followed by three further annual increases. Significantly includes a clause guaranteeing that Delta pays 1% more than rivals American Airlines and United Airlines. Uh-oh. What do you think the employees at American Airlines and United Airlines are going to say to their union bosses? You know, every now and then you see a, a ridiculous thing where Alex Rodriguez makes $200 million a year. And then Aaron Judge says he wants to make $201 million a year. Well, I guess there's some chest thumping in airline pilots as well, huh? Airline pilots have been trying to break a long-standing deadlock over new contracts dating back to the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Delta's offer higher than that put forward by its peers could provide a breakthrough and everyone else is going to have to follow. Otherwise, the pilots at American Airlines or United Airlines could be calling their friends or pilots at Delta and say, um, you guys got any job openings over there? Pilots are currently working under pay conditions and contracts negotiated in 2016. Talks over a new agreement began in 2019 were halted in 2020 of March. I don't want to say rightfully so during the COVID-19 because if there's, again, people that I admire, it's people that that service the people that want to be shuttled from place to place or that want services during a pandemic. The strong rebound enjoyed by U.S. airlines, which reported bumper revenue in the third quarter and business and corporate travel has come back, has strengthened the pilot's hands in the negotiations. So we're flying. An analyst at Citibank, who, again... You don't know this analyst. He doesn't know you. Don't think that he's whispering in your ear like, this is what you should do. He's maintaining a buy rating on the stock. He said an agreement would be positive for Delta, but took a wait and see view on the agreement in principle. 
On a long-term basis, good labor relations and greater certainty on pilot supply seems positive for Delta. They added that the aviation bears might express concerns of the industry's ability to keep passing on higher cost to customers. At what point is too much too much? At what point does the pilot make too much that they have to price a ticket? Let's say, for me, reasonable flying to New York is $500 round trip. Maybe $600 round trip. When I do a $1,000 round trip, I'm like, ouch. And that's when I start going, I'm not going to New York. Or we're looking to fly on a Wednesday. Or we're looking to fly in off-season. When does the pain become too much? United Pilots rejected last month a roughly 15% raise over 18 months after failing to secure changes. United offered to accelerate their increase on its first 5% raise in December from May 2023 in a bid to get the deal done. American Pilots reached a 19% hike over two years last month, opting to go back to the negotiating table. Delta's bumper offer, whether it's approved or not, is likely to catch the attention of United and American pilots for sure. And again, that'll create a little bit more long-term inflation, which will ultimately the airlines are going to pass it on to us in baggage fees um, or in revenue costs at the gate, you know, or tickets. How do you feel about that? Are you a capitalist? Are you a socialist? Where, where's your mindset on what do pilots deserve? And then you're going to start talking about what do stewardesses deserve or stewards. What's the right word on that one? It is definitely not waitress. It is definitely not waitress. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, or the ground crew. So anyway, and anyhow, let's move forward. Some other top stories in airlines is it should be a pretty good 2023. There's an article in Barron's this weekend, and a lot of people say, hey, Rob, what's a great art? What's a great publication for me to read? And I say Barron's is maybe my number one if I could only choose one for you, the retail investor out there. Again, I wouldn't only choose one, but if I could, it's Barron's. It's my favorite weekend read. It's both positive and negative. So sometimes you're going to go, oh, I don't like hearing that. Um, they present a lot of views. I feel that it's got a professional editor that does a really good job. Not like a 15-year-old kid, you know, out of college. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Strong end of 2022 in the airline industry. Pay raises. What does 2023 look like? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.